0: Good morning, Thrive Community Church. How are y'all this morning? How are y'all this morning? There we go. Y'all are awake. This is the 10:45 service. Y'all should be like really up and awake. Nine o'clock service. They're like, yeah, what's up? What's up? I need some coffee. Okay. Uh, Purple book. If you haven't got a purple book. They're free at the back. There's a purple book dispensary right back where the awesome drummer Joey is at. Pick you one up. They're easy. We're on week five. It's easy to to go over. I mean, it's short readings, and then there's some. Que- there's some questions, thought-provoking questions. But the good thing about it is they give you the scripture where the answers are found right at the question. So do that. I mean, I would encourage you to do that. We're going through it as a church. They're short. I mean, right, really, really short, like a paragraph to read. So and then it's just some thought provoking questions. Okay. And then uh Faith Fest. Woo whoop. whoop yep. Yeah. I know everybody's getting excited, man. We're assembling teams. There's all I mean, there's all kinds of preparation that's going on. And one of the things that everyone can help us with is we need some candy. There is no such thing. As too much candy. Nope. We got to have a lot of candy. There is a bin out in the in the foyer out there that's candy. And it when you go to Walmart or you go to the dollar store or you go to Brookshire's or wherever it is that you go, buy a shopping cart full of candy. Or just buy as much candy <laughs> as you can. Bring it here because if you fill it up, we will empty it to let you fill it up again, because there's no such thing as too much candy. All right, everybody with me? Y'all with me? Say, yeah, we're going to buy some candy. Buy some candy. You know, there would be nothing greater for right now than at the early service to fill it up to where we would have to dump it so the second service could fill it up. Amen? Amen. Because there's going to be a bunch of children that's going to be, and probably some grown adults, too. Probably some some grown kids out there picking up some candy. There's going to be a lot of candy. So uh, that and our next steps this evening. If you want to find out more about the church, we want to know more about you. You want to know what we're about, come to Next Steps this evening at 6. Okay, so we're going to move on to our uh, decrypted, our series decrypted, and it's decrypting God's will for your life. Now, decrypting means like it's something secretive, but the whole point of the series is there's nothing that's hidden inside the word that's meant for all of us to do. There's a general will, which is something that we're all called to do. In East Texas, we say y'all are called to do. That means you all. Y'all are called to do this. Whether you, whether, you, whether you believe it or you don't, you're called to do this. It's, the, it's called the general will of God, what God is wanting us to do as a body of believers. So this morning, we're going to go over uh, something that's near and dear to my heart. It's God's will that we fish. <laughs> fisherman in the house, fisherman in the house, that's what I'm talking about, yeah. It's God's will that you fish, but let's uh, let's start this start it this way right here. I heard about three pastors, three pastors, and and they were in a boat together fishing one day. So there was three pastors in a boat, and they were fishing, and they was out just having a good time. You know, they catching a few fish. You know, a lot of a lot of conversation going on, and uh, one of the pastors said, you know, they connected with one another. But one of the pastors said, "Hey." We never get to let our hair down. We never get to uh you know, just open up to other pastors and we can kinda, you know, if we we'll start a little group here where we can be accountable to one another. And so he said, Let's do this right here. Let's tell one another one area in that we struggle with in our life, you know, our greatest your greatest sin. And so, and, and then and then we'll pray for one another. We'll pray for one another and, you know. And it, it'll be okay. And so uh, so the, fast, the first pastor, the fast pastor, the first pastor said, I hate to admit this, but I have a problem with gambling. i got a problem with gambling. He said, sometimes I sneak out late at night and go gamble. That's my struggle. And we all have struggles. And then the second pastor said, well, I even hate to admit this, but I have a problem cheating. He says, "I never pay my taxes, so he's cheating on his taxes, and the third pastor he's sitting over, there. he's waiting and waiting and waiting, And he ain't budgeting none, and he's like, no i'm, I'm not I'm not doing this and they they said they're out in the middle of the boat they're dealing it his boat, and they're out in the middle of the lake in the boat, and they said, Well, you know we're not we're not we're not going in until you let us know and he said, uh, no, I'm not going to do it." They said, we're not leaving until you tell us your greatest sin. He said, all right, it's gossip, and I can't wait to get out of this boat. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) (laughs) She said, he should have went first. Okay. Uh, we're going to start in Nehemiah chapter 3 and verse 3. It's about, you know, Nehemiah's gone to rebuild the, uh, to oversee the rebuilding of the walls of Jerusalem that have been, been down and they're starting to rebuild them and they started at the sheep gate and they went to the to one tower and they built it into the next tower and then they're going to get to this to this gate here. And it says, also the sons of Hassanah built the fish gate. They laid its beams and hung its doors with bolts and bars so they you know they talk about the first gate and the the priest dedicated that gate and then they built to a tower and then they built to a tower and the first gate was a sheep gate and then they built to a tower and these towers are for uh, protection they got sentries up in them and they can either uh, protect them from what's going on outside the walls or give early warning and then but also they can lock these gates And these gates, once they're locked, you can't get out of these gates to people on the inside. So if there's something going on on the inside and they don't want it getting out, they would lock these gates and then the towers are there to help uh, mitigate that situation inside the city. So, uh, and I did some study on the fish gate. I thought there was some wild, crazy, you know, why would the fish gate, the fish gate. You would think that there's some. Um, so I I tried to do some digging there and figure out when Pastor Nathan gave this to me, and I said, you know, what's the importance of the fish gate? Guys, it's just a gate. My my bottom line is just a gate. Now this gate was located on the northwestern side of the wall of Jerusalem, and it led out into 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 the coastal plains. The other side of the walls, the the south and. Southeastern sidewalk was just ragged ravines and cliffs, so it was hard to get into the, the city that way. But this, this gate led out to the coastal plains where it was easy for people to come and go. It was easy traveling. It led out to the Sea of Galilee or the Sea of Gennesaret, and it also led to the Mediterranean Sea. And The fish gate is where the fishermen that fished on the Sea of Galilee and the Mediterranean Sea, when they'd bring their catch in, they would come in through this gate by which the fish gate was also right next to the fish market. So, fish gate. So, that's the fish gate. It was easy for when people were coming in, you know, it was a place where a lot of people funneled through. A lot of people funneled through the fish gate because it are close to the fish market. They could be like, you know, I'm going to stop by, grab some, you know, I'm going to grab some trout or whatever it was they had. I'm going to grab some fish for dinner tonight. You know, it was easy. It was, it was a, a gathering place with a lot of people so that's why they called it the fish gate is where they brought their kitchen from the fish it was easy to come in and out and then uh also uh, we'll talk about this in a minute luke let's go on to the next scripture luke 5 verse 1 through 11 says so it was as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of god talking about jesus that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret, also the Sea of Galilee, and saw two boats standing by the lake. But the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and he asked him to put out a little, a little from the land. So he was asking him to do this because there was a large group, a large gathering of people. And if you're on the bank of a lake or, or uh, the sea, the bank goes up, so it's like an amphitheater almost, and you can get out on the water, off the shore, and sound travels very well over water. So he could get out, he could speak, and everybody could hear him. So this is why he asked him to do this. Uh, and, so, and he asked him to put out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help, to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats, so they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him was astonished at the catch of fish which they, which they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will catch men. So when they had brought their boat to land, they forsook all and followed him. Point number one: Do something. Do something, even though you're tired. Do something, even though you're exhausted. Anybody tired or exhausted this morning? Come on. Just I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you just a a little what's going on in my life, and I'm, I'm not telling you this to feel sorry for me. But I think Pastor Nathan gave me this because he knew that I was uh, in a very busy season. So I run a small business. Whether I run a small business, I've got about 30 employees. So I'm constantly doing something there, and I work in the field. So not only I don't sit behind a desk, that would that would uh, kill me to sit behind, I like to get out with my hands and put stuff together. Uh, and so I go out, and, I, and that's what I do with a crew. And so th- that's what we do, and then there's people – in my office there's six ladies uh one one dude that's uh a superintendent he's in the office and out of the office I don't want his job uh he does a very good job at it and so we just let him do it and they all these people do this and I don't want none of their jobs so I I'll let them do their job but uh so I got this going on and then there's managing of employees there's vacations and uh benefits and all and there's all and I still do all that stuff and then Check deposits and things like this. When I and, and then we have uh, Thrive Leadership School on Tuesday nights. And when they said that, when I when I signed up for that, they said, "Oh, it's four to five hours a week." <laughs> 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 it's four to five hours a week. So not only do I got all that, and I got Thrive Leadership School, but there's also Thrive Tribes coming on. Woo woo! Thrive Tribes, Thrive Tribes are doing very well. Uh, and so there's, there's tribes and I attend, I attend a tribe. And so I got that too. And then I have a, a mentor, a, a, a guy I meet with that, uh, we're just like accountability partners. And so that's going on too. And then, uh, Pastor Nate asked me to do this right here. There's a lot of time, uh, that this right here takes up. And then I sold my house. Say so, yep. Oh, that's right. I sold my house finally been on the market nine months, finally sold that thing. Uh, and so we thought we had everything out of the house, but we really, uh, when you start digging, Eli can get a witness, they still a whole bunch of junk in that house. And, and we ain't lived there in a year. And we thought we had everything out of it, but as soon as it's so it's like, hey, we, you know, we got to go in here. And we, so we dig a little bit, and there's a whole few more dumpsters of stuff that needs to come out of that house. I'm tired of looking at stuff. Me and Pam was last night, and we was looking at our stuff. And uh, I was like, hey, you know, I really need to go look at these notes. She's like, yeah, but we really need to be doing this. And I'm like, yeah, I know you're right. And she's like, I'm tired of looking at this. Just throw it away. I said, you need to go to the house because I better get rid of it. Now, uh, but there's some stuff there that we need to keep, but stuff that she's just tired of messing with it. So anyhow, we're trying to work through that. We got, you know, I got a very limited of time before I got to have all this done. I got 13 days from today. I mean, it's getting down to the wire. They've got everything done. We're going to make it. We're going to make it. <clears throat> and I'm going to finish Thrive Leadership School. And if you're not, if you're not in that, uh, yeah, I don't know if you can get in on the next semester. There's four semesters, and I don't know how they're going to work that. But whenever they offer it again, do it. Uh, it's going to stretch you and going to grow you. So uh, it's just like working out. Uh, if you don't do anything... Uh, you'll look like me. <laughs> if you go to the gym and work out all the time, and I, Samuel's not here this morning, but you could look like him, <laughs> or you could look like, well, I got a Samuel too, Eli Samuel right over there, He's and, and he's getting that way too. So if you go to the gym and, look, and, and uh, you, if you're doing something, yeah, there's there's uh, benefits from that. So, uh, But do something, even if you're tired. Do something. You know, uh, Luke 5 and 3 says, says, then he got into one of the boats. Now, you think that he just got into one of the boats by random, but he knew who boat it was even before he got into the boat. And he knew that that boat was going to be there even before he showed up. So we could go and talk about that, but we're not going to because we got a limited time. Uh, so he got in one of these boats, which was Simon's, and he asked him to put out from, from a little from land, and he sat down and talked to multitudes. Now, Simon had been fishing all night long. He's a night fisherman. He had fished all night long, and he was over. It says when when Jesus showed up that morning, he was over there, and they was cleaning their nets. So they was doing what needed to be done uh, to the net, what needed to be done to the net. It needed to be cleaned. It needed to be mended, and it needed to be put away for the next night's work. So there's some lessons in that right there, but we're not going to go into that. But he was cleaning, mending, and putting it away getting it ready for the next day. He was doing what what was necessary. How many of us just do what is absolutely necessary, which is the bare minimum? Hmm? Yeah. Sometimes we do the bare minimum. You know, there's things that are necessary, but it was necessary that Jesus get into this boat and be pushed out from shore, so he called on Simon because he knew, because he's part of the Trinity, that Simon would do this for him, and so he did push him out. So do something. I mean, he knew he knew that Simon had worked all night long. He knew that these fishermen uh, had worked on night long. He knew that they was tired and they was exhausted, but he still asked of them, "Hey, I want to get in your boat, and I want you to push me out." And so that's what he did. So he asked him to do something, and Simon did it. They did it. Point number two. They, they, uh, is wet the hook. You got to wet the hook. Yeah, how many fishermen, I'm talking fisherman lingo now. You got to wet the hook. If, wet the hook, you can't catch anything if you don't attempt it. Same thing, do something. We're just building on that. You got to wet the hook. You got to, you got to, now you can go out there and wet the hook, but you got to have some bait on there to wet the hook. So if you want to catch something you just put down an empty hook you're not going to catch anything but you put some bait on there you put some bait if you want to catch a catfish you know use certain types of bait to catch certain types of fish if you want to catch a catfish use some some catfish bait use some stink bait use some liver uh use some night crawlers they have stuff called punch bait it's and oh they have some really bad stuff you get it on your hands you know, you're putting that bait, that dough bait that's stinky on there, and your hand, you, these three fingers, oh, smell bad for a couple of days, and it doesn't seem like you can do anything to get it off of there. But, you know, if, you don't, if you're wanting to catch bass, then you can use minnows, use some type of live bait, or you can use uh, soft plastics, you can use a spinner bait, crank bait. So I like to fish. I love to fish. Uh, my wife, who was in the first service, she, she's absolutely eat up with it. She's eat up with it so bad that from when my kids, when my children, and they're all 21, 23, and 25 now, and then I have grandkids they are 2 and 10 months old, uh, and they was just over at the house the other night, Friday night, uh, having our last big hoorah at the house. And so we got a big pond out behind it, and, and she has – the two-year-old down there, and, and every time he sees this, he sees Gammy and JoJo, he says, ish, 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 because he likes something he likes to do, and Pam has taught him that since she could carry him out there. And so the 10-month-old, the other day, uh, I just got a picture on my phone where she's got the 10-month-old, and they're fishing for Brim, and they're catching big old bluegill and shellcrackers. They're catching pound, pounders, you know, one-pound fish, Brim and uh, she's got her she's sat down there and got him on her knee and he's just 10 months old he don't know what's going on but she's teaching that to him to fish and they catch a fish and of course he, he's all you know google-eyed over it and he ain't gonna touch it the two-year-old ain't gonna touch it yet he'll as long as she's holding it he will put his little hands up underneath it like this right here for, and smile for the picture uh he's not gonna hold it by himself though but It depends on what kind of bait. If you want to catch brim, use night crawlers, use crickets, use a little jig if you want to catch, you know, it's depending on what species you're after, what kind of fish you're targeting, as of what kind of bait you should be using. So, wet the hook. You can't catch anything if you don't attempt. Luke 5 and 4. It says, When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your net for a catch. So, what kind of bait are you using? Are you using an empty hook? Are you using a net that is full of holes? You can't, and so let me say, y'all can write this down. This is, this is a good one to write down. You can't give something you don't have. If you want to catch a bass and you have nothing but stink bait, the likelihood of you catching a bass while using stink bait is slim to none. Not that it can't be done. So you need to have the right type of bait. The Bible says that, so what type of, and we're getting this, we're, we're, y'all get the point, we're not really talking about fishing for fish. Fish is a shadow type for humanity, for people. So we're really not fishing for fish. When Jesus is talking here, he's not fishing for fish, he's fishing for for people, and it depends on what kind of work you do. There's, there's all field work that they they have fishing tools, which is totally totally different. But it's grabbing something that they can't see. And with a fish, when you're fishing, you're fishing in a place where you can't see unless you go to some. You go out in the White River, Miss Jackie, and you catch them trout that you can see them trout. Uh, but it depends on what kind of bait you use as of what kind of fish you're going to catch. And you all apply this to your life. It depends on what kind of bait you put out there when you're fishing for people. And you're fishing for people not for your own gain, but you're fishing for people for Jesus. It's just like when Jesus uh, said, "Is one of his disciples, he said, go down to the lakeside or the river down here or the lake, wherever it was at. He said, go down there And get that fish and open his mouth, and there's a coin in there to pay your taxes, to pay the taxes. And he went down there, and there it was. That's why I'm saying that the fish is a shadow type of people. Because kingdom work will be done through the funding of the people. So you bring to the church, and you give so that the kingdom work can be done because God has given it to you for you to steward so that you in return can give it back so that in return he can give you more so that in return you can give it back give more back and it's just it just works that away and it and you have it there's there's a kingdom principle there that the more you give the more work can be done more mouth you know more people can be fed the more lives can be touched all the, the more things like faith fest can happen So bring candy. Yes, to feed the fish. What kind of bait are you using? Who is coaching you? Mm. Are you using an empty hook or a net that has holes in it? You can't give something that you don't have. What we're getting down to is the bait. How do you share the gospel? Now I grew up in church. My, you know, my whole life when I was from when I was a young man, I grew up in church. I knew what was right. I knew how to act. I knew how to talk. I knew how to get by. I could speak Christianese with the best of them. But when I got older, I ventured away. So this is. How do you share the gospel? So I know how to share the gospel, and I thought when I was a, when I was a kid that I had to tell what Jesus done. It had to be the Bible, you know. When I was when I was somebody said, "Hey, you know, you need to go out and share the gospel." With somebody I thought I had to tell them, "Well, hey, this is what Jesus done. You know, he was this dude that walked around on the earth, lived a sinless life, you know, hung on a cross, bled, was beaten." Rose again. That is the gospel. Sets at the right hand of God. That is the gospel, y'all. But how do you share the gospel? I want it's, to, it's, it's easy. You tell your story. Tell your story. My story is something that goes something like this. I grew up in church. I knew what was right or wrong. I knew how to act. But I wanted to go and do my own thing. And I got into all kinds of craziness. I got into new ageism where everything's God but nothing's God. That no matter what you called God, you're just talking to the same God that I was calling God. You know, some crazy stuff. Opened myself up to some really crazy things. I got in trouble with the law, got into drugs, got, you know, alcohol, all these things, but 30 years ago, I, I came in contact with the, the real Jesus. And he changed my life, and I am not the same person now that I was then. Amen. That's that's my story, you know. And not that it all changed just like that. No, there was things that he had to work out. It, it was a it was a process that went through, that I had to go through. That Jesus, I didn't have to go through it. Jesus took me through this process, so that I'm not the same person today that I was. Six months ago, and I spend some time with some of you in here that you're not the same person you are that you was a year ago. Stefan, you're not the same person you was a year ago. huh? Jeff, you're not the same person that I met a year ago. You're different. That's your story. And that's how you share. Who doesn't like talking about themselves? <laughs> Who doesn't? I, guarantee, I, I would guarantee that if I was a fly on the wall of your car, as you're dri- you know, on your windshield, and you're driving and you're talking to somebody, that at some point they're going to be talking about themselves, and at some point you're going to be talking about yourself. If you don't believe me, it was me and a couple dudes was sitting in the back by the Purple Book d- dispensary back there. It was some of us back there, and we was talking. <laughs> Get you a purple book. <laughs> we was Back there, and we was talking, and we was talking about hunting. I love to hunt. So there's three things that I, I really like to do. I, 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 I like playing the drums. Yes. I, I love playing the drums. Uh, I love to hunt, and I, lo- I love to fish in the salty stuff. Those are my three things. Uh, but we was back there, and we was talking about hunting, so my second favorite thing I like to do, hunt. And we was back there talking about hunting, and, you know, they would tell their story, and then I would say, yeah, but let me tell you my story. <laughs> and then, yeah, but I want to tell you about my story. I want to tell you about it. And so we all, all three of us, we was talking to one another, but we was telling, we was talking about us. Just talking about me. When I was back there, I was talking about me. Yeah, I had this deer that come in yesterday morning, and it was like, Ten minutes before I could actually see, I could see this deer in my binoculars, and I'm hunting with a bow, and I can see this deer in binoculars, but I can't really make him out. I just see kind of the shadow, but I know this is a buck that's legal to shoot, and he just needed to hang out for ten more minutes, and we'd have sealed the deal. <laughs> but he didn't. No, I didn't get to seal the deal. <laughs> they both left before the daylight, before it got to where I could actually see. But so we was talking about our, you know. Who doesn't like to talk about themselves? You're not talking about yourself when you're talking with somebody, and you feel that on the inside. How many of you ever felt that on the inside, where you're talking with somebody, and it's like, you know, I need to, uh, I need witness to witness this person, or I need to, you know, that, hey, I need to say something. I need to, I need to do this. I need to do this, and you feel that on the inside? Let's tell your story. Tell your story. So. Tell your story, which is the way that God, that Jesus has impacted you and your life. That's your story. It's easy to share the gospel. You talk about yourself. And in the process of talking about yourself, the conversation shifts. to I'm talking about Jesus. Okay. Luke 19.10 says, For the Son of Man, has come to seek and to save that which was lost. The Son of Man has come to seek and save that which was lost. Tell your story. It says if you lift him up, that he will draw all men. He will draw, and we're not talking about, he will draw all people and all people groups to himself. So by you telling your story of of what Jesus has done for you, hey, this is Joey, and I. this is who I was, and because I come in contact with this, this person, Jesus, this is who I am now, and this is the process he took me to, and I would love to introduce you to Jesus. You can know him just like I know him. You start to lift him up, and then he starts drawing. And before you know it, you know, or if you're putting the bait out there, it says uh, if you're using this type of bait, it says if you sow to the flesh, then you're going to reap of the flesh. Which means if you if you sow stuff that's not of God, you're going to reap stuff that's not of God. If you sow uh, if you sow to the flesh, you're going to reap of the flesh. If you if you uh, putting stuff out there, saying somebody's talking to you, they're trying to figure out, you know, they got this problem and you just ignore them, hey, whatever, dude, I ain't got time to talk to you, you know, just ugly to them, rude to them, whatever, you know. I, you know, I don't want to know. You have to deal with your own stuff. Uh, if you, if you, instead of talking to that person and saying, hey, yeah, it, it, share with me that you're in road. Hey, yeah, tell me what's going on. Oh, yeah, I went through that one time too and Jesus did this for me. Let me do it. Let him let him do it for you. And you tell your story. It says if you sow to the flesh, you'll reap of the flesh. If you sow to the spirit, you'll reap from the spirit. Amen. Because the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which was lost. So here, Peter, Simon, code, code, code name Peter. Same person. He says, uh, you know, when Jesus stopped speaking, he said, uh, Peter, Simon, launch out into the deep. Put your net down. And uh, which leads us on to our point number three, which is don't argue. Just obey. Don't argue. The Bible is full of people who argued with God. But Simon answered him in Luke 5 and 5. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, so here we go. Going to make his excuses. We have toiled all night and caught nothing. But nevertheless, because you said so, we'll do it. So I can imagine Peter, you know, he's in or Simon, he's in the boat. He said, hey, cast out a little bit. He's like, oh, you know, I really don't want to. I don't want to be rude, though. All right, I'll push you out a little bit. You can talk to him. I'm going to sit here and work on my net while you're doing that right there. Now, this is, this is just Joey. This this is just Joey. So he's like, you know, this would be me. Uh, I'm sitting in the boat. Yeah, you know, I really don't want to. You know, I've, I've worked all night long. But, yeah, I'll be nice. I'll be... He asked really nice. And these people are really wanting to hear him. So I'll go ahead and push it out a little bit. And I'm going to sit here and mend my net. You know, i have been doing this right here. And so he's mending his net. And he hears this, this man talking, teaching. And... I can imagine that there was less net mending, and more listening, more paying attention to what was going on. And then when he said, and after he got through talking, he turned around and said, "Hey, push us out a little bit further. Let's go out to the deep, and let down your net." And Peter, and Simon said, "Yeah, you know, hey, hey man, we've done this all night long. There's no fish in this area. You know, I do this for a living." This is what I do. I do this for a living. There ain't no fish here. You know, if, you, if we want to let down our net, let's let down our net over where you know we think there's some fish. I got a, uh, you know, let's 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 go. I got a I got a spot we can go. And Jesus said, No, push out into the deep and let down your net. And he said, Okay, whatever you say. I listened to you talk a while ago. You really had some good things to say. So I'll do what you I'll do what you want me to do. And so he does it you i don't know how many of you how many of you have fished on the ocean like way out in the ocean offshore fishing that's my that's my thing to do i like getting out once you get 12 miles offshore your cell phone doesn't work you can't see land it's just water there's nothing It's water as far as you can see you know, you, your eyesight you can usually see about 12 miles Some places you may be able to sail 14 miles, but I don't ever stop at 14 miles. We're going to go 40 to 80 miles offshore to where you can't see nothing. But I had a when I first started doing this 25 years ago, I would go with a a captain. His name was Captain Jason, very close friend of mine, Uh, and he would he taught me everything I needed to that I needed to know. He just like took me under his wing. He'd been doing it his whole life since he was five years old this is all he had done he would run this boat and fish in the middle of the ocean and so you know we're out there and he's like okay man uh first time we go out he's like okay we're gonna fish right here i don't even know what i'm doing i can't see nothing we're 25 miles from the closest shore and he's like uh we're gonna fish right here i said i don't know what we're fishing i hope this dude knows what he's doing and so they put a bait on my hook i said let that thing go down he gets down i'm like man I don't know what we're, there he was. I was like, oh, this dude right here knows something. This guy knows something. And he would, uh, you know, I developed a relationship. My children thought that he was their grandpa. We'd go spend a lot of time with this guy on a boat. And uh, he would call me. Late, later on, he taught me all kinds of stuff, and I bought my own boat. And then so I would start going on my own, and he would call and check on me. Because I'd let him know where we I'm going, hey, I'm going out. What's biting right now? Where do I need to go? And he would always help me out. And then he would say, what time are y'all going to be back? And I'd let him know. And sometimes it would be later, but he'd always call me and leave me, you know, if he didn't get me, he would leave me a voicemail. He'd say, hey, this is your C Pappy. Call me, you know, I was his C son, uh, but he called me, he said, hey, this is your C Pappy. I'm just checking on you, making sure you're all right. Uh, he's no longer with us. Still got voicemails from him, though, and I will not erase them because near and dear to my heart. And, uh, but he would just be out in the middle, you know, I'm thinking, man, dude, there ain't nothing out here. How do you know? But he knew something. He was a fisherman. That's all he'd done his whole life. And here we go. We got Simon, who's a fisherman, done this thing his whole, you know, his life. This is what he does. He's a professional fisherman. And here's this dude that's a carpenter. You think about this story. He's a carpenter, and I can imagine because this is what would we'll be going through Joey's mind. I'd be thinking, this dude who is a carpenter, who probably ain't never been in a boat in his whole life, wants to go right out here where we know there ain't no fish, because it's just right here, and we know there ain't no fish, and he wants us to put it down there. So we're just gonna do this work. Hey, man, we've done this all night long, and we caught nothing. And there ain't no fish here. And he says, "Let down your net." The carpenter said to the fisherman, let down your net. And you know what? That may not have been, I've always thought when I was, I've always thought, and this morning I was thinking on my way up here, that he let down the net to where the fish were, or where the fish were at. But in all actuality, may not have been no fish there at all. But let me remind you who Jesus is. He's part of the Trinity. He knows everything. And he could have said, Fish, swim into this net. And they could have, there might not have been no fish there, and then all of a sudden he caused the fish to swim in there. We don't know. But they, he might have said, Hey, he might have thought to himself, Hey, we, the fish are already here. Just lay down your net. We'll catch them. And that's what they did. So he was just obedient. Would that have happened if Simon had have said, No, I ain't doing that? This dude's crazy. He done lost his mind. He's a carpenter. What does he know? I'm a fisherman. There ain't no fish here. No, he said he heard him talk, heard him speak to the multitude, speaking what? God's Word. And he said, you know, maybe he knows a little something about something. And just out of respect for him, I'm going to let the net down. And then it was full. And then when the net got full, he had to call somebody and say, hey, uh, come and help. You ever done that? ever You ever been in that situation where you're talking with somebody and maybe— it's like, well, this is more than what I can deal with on my own. I need to call somebody. So, hey, come and help me. Come and help me. You need some help. They had to come and help. In the, and they had so much fish that the boat began to sink. That's a lot of fish, two boats in one net began to sink. What would be your thoughts if Jesus that to you would have been what my thoughts would have been this dude's crazy he don't know nothing i'm a fisherman that's like who knows absolutely nothing about fishing in here chris i'd be like crystal i say, hey crystal let's go fishing we're going to go down to venice louisiana uh and we get down there she's like all right this is what we're going to do we're going to go here because i say, all right She's got it pointed on me. We're going to go here, and we're going to catch fish. I'd be like, this girl don't know nothing. <laughs> there ain't nothing there. That's all mud bottom, That's 20 foot deep, you know? So it'd be, that's what Simon's going through, and that would be my thought. That would be my thought. But, you know, what? I'd probably go, all right, if you want to go fish there, we'll go fish there. When you get tired of not catching nothing, just let me know, and we'll go do something. We'll go where some fish are at. Uh But when he says, put your net here, what are you going to do? 1 Samuel 15 and 22, and I did not, uh, yeah, I did give this to her. Uh, says, so Samuel said, has the Lord great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices? As in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to heed than the fat of rams and I like a different version of the way it words it, it just makes more sense uh, to me. It's same, 1 Samuel 15, and this is a Holman Christian. It says, Then Samuel said, Does the Lord take pleasure in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying the Lord? He said, Look, to obey is better than sacrifice. To pay attention is better than than the fat of rams so what he's saying there is like you know i'm like all right god i'm gonna do this this thrive leadership school and this thing is eating up a whole block of time you know i you see i make that sacrifice for you and then you know i go to this to this tribe and i'm making that sacrifice for you and 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 and, you know i'm doing all these different things and and you know this is a sacrifice and this is a sacrifice he's like yeah but are you doing what i ask you to do Are you being obedient to what I'm asking you to do? Are you being obedient to the general will? Because once you get once you get if you're doing what God his general will is asking you to do, which is to be a light to a, a dark and dying world, are you being light? Are you being salt? Are you speaking the truth? Are you using the right bait? Are you doing your own thing? Because God's not going to, you know, if you get, if you do what he asks you to do, the general will, when you start doing those things, then there's going to be a revelation of the specific will that he wants you to do inside these different things. It's like, I love playing the drums. Nothing, I'm telling you, there's nothing really I'd rather do than play the drums. I love that. And I used to play the drums here. I don't know how many of you were here when I, used to, when I played here, but I played here. But Pastor Nathan comes to me and he said, hey, I want you to start doing the transitions, transition part of the service. And I was like, well, I can't do that. I, I, I can't continue to do that and then do this. And, and, you know, do the transition, which is between the worship and the announcements. It's just awkward. Because sometimes the drums still need to be going. And it's just, it just and so I'll give that up. And, you know, God, I'll do what you're asking me to do. Because I really felt that that's what, what God wanted me to do, was to do that transition time of service. And I tell my wife, and you can ask her, you can ask Miss Pam. I'll I tell her a of times, uh, I'll say, you know, when I, when I come up here for the transition, that's not really who I am. I'll I tell her, i say, I don't know who that guy was. But that wasn't me because I'm just not that away. You meet me on a day to day, day to day, day to day. I'm different than that person right there. Now, am I I, uh, bad? No, I'm not gonna be bad. But I'm not this exuberant, full of energy type guy. Ask Serena, she works with me every day. I'm just, hey, don't talk to me, I ain't had no coffee yet. I'm gonna do what what I need to do. You know, I'm gonna get things done. We're gonna make this stuff happen. There's a lot of things to do today, and we got a lot of, a lot of stuff to do. So, but I couldn't do that. I love doing that, but I like doing the transition too, y'all. And Pastor Nathan said, "Hey, I want you to teach this right here." It's because he knows that I got all these things. and Not that he probably knows. He knows that I got all these things going on. I talk to him real regular, and I said, dude. He's like, what's, what's up? I said, dude, I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted. I feel like I'm being pulled in a million different directions. I got all this stuff going on. But what's important? And he'll say this right here. He'll say, Joey, you need to lean in. That's his saying. You need to lean in. Lean into God and let God. Don't do it in your own strength, but do it in God's strength. Let him strengthen you. Do the things that are most important. Point number four. We've got to hurry. Give God the glory. Luke 5 and 8 says, when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees and says, depart from me, for I am a sinful man. Oh, Lord. So he immediately knelt down when he figured out, hey, I got all these fish. He was, what he's speaking made a whole lot of sense a while ago, and then we're out here where they ain't, you know, I fished here last night. There wasn't no fish. He says, put the net down, and it fills up. We fill two boats up. This guy, there's something special about him. He realized that he was in the presence of something greater than himself. And he says, hey, you know what? Get to, you know, got into a, a, a humble posture in humility and says, depart from me for I'm a sinful man. And when you get into his presence, when you get into his presence, you realize your insufficiencies and realize that He is all-sufficient. Has God done anything for you like He done for Peter or done for Simon? Has He done anything for you? Let me name a few. Salvation, health, family, ability, talents, Oh, and this is a big one that everybody just overlooks, influence. Influence, this one is looked over all the time. It's looked over all the time. You have influence whether you realize you have influence or not. I have influence with my my wife. I have influence with my children. I have influence with my, uh, my daughter-in-laws. I have influences with my Grandchildren, I influences with the people at work, and all these people have influences over me too. But during those influences, and am I am I influencing them in a kingdom way for a for, uh, kingdom work or am I sowing to the flesh and all those? You have influence whether whatever the lowest job that you could possibly think of, you have influence there you have influence over someone more than likely a great multitude of someone you know what and if he had done none if he if he had done if he had not given you salvation health ability talents any of these things influence any of these things he would be no less deserving of glory he is due just because of who he is so if he had done none of that other he would be no less deserving of glory because of just who he is he is the I am and we should worship and glorify him just because of who he is not because of what he can do for you. Oh, this is a principle. You get this down into your bones. If you worship him just because of who he is and not what he can do for you or to you or through you, if you worship him for that and that alone, and all these other things. It says, seek ye first the kingdom of heaven, and all these things will be added. Worship him just because of who he is. If he had done done nothing for you, he is no less deserving because he is the great I am. Point five, we're going to do it. Forsake, follow, and fish. Luke 5 and 10 says, and, and so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with him. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. So when you had brought, when they had brought their boat to the land, they forsook all and followed him. Are you forsaking all and following him? I didn't give event this one here, but it's Hebrews 12. 1 and 2 says, therefore, since we also have such a large cloud of witnesses, look to your left, to your right, in front of you, behind you. These people are a large cloud of witnesses. Surrounding us, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance the race that lies before us, keeping our eyes on Jesus, the source and perfecter of our faith, who For the joy that laid before him endured a cross and despised shame and sat down at the right hand of God's throne. What else needs to be said? He can keep you. He can sustain you. Lay aside every weight, everything that would entangle you and fully concentrate and focus on the Christ. Let me pray with you. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful, Lord, for your goodness, God, your grace, and your mercy. And God, we're thankful for your spirit, God, Lord, that we feel here this morning. God, Lord, we just pray for the people. God, Lord, that you would just strengthen them. God, Lord, that they would go out and fish for people. God, Lord, that they would put the right bait on their hook. God, Holy Spirit, quicken our hearts and our minds, God, Lord. Give us understanding and let, make us aware of the realm of influence that we have. God, Lord, that we would uh, impact our communities and our, realm of inf- our realm, the people we come in contact with for the kingdom. God, Lord, that we would, we would uh, direct all people to your throne. Holy Spirit, guide us and keep us. If there's anyone here this morning that says, I want to know. I want to know this Jesus that you're talking about. There'll be a prayer team up here afterwards. Come up and say, I want to know. Or I've made a decision. Holy Spirit, move in Jesus' name. Amen.